1: This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app.
0: 20- dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis automotive, where you can always expect the best. The winningest
1: team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Nah, 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 nah. It's Chuck and Chernoff. Nah, 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 nah. It's Chuck and Chernoff. It's 3 o'clock on the dot. dot. You know what that means. means. It's It's time for Matt, Lana, and the King, Yeah! Home Atlanta crazy. is a traffic jam, but we've got Chuck and Churn
2: off on the band. All righty, here we go in our three o'clock hour. Hello, Atlanta. It's Chuck and Churn the radio show, not to be confused with the TV show or the at-home. Game show. No, this is the radio show. I think we're on the internet. We are as well. 680thefan.com. We're on FM at 93.7, although it's kind of monsooning outside, so I'm not sure how that's working. We're on AM at 680, but again, it's looks like the Wizard of Oz is happening outside. I just saw a cow fly by the window. Movie Twister. Uh, So you can try the app. The app is always apping, even in this weather. Again, not sure what just happened. Pretty sure I left my window down today, though. Bad timing on my part. Uh, our 3 o'clock hour is all presented by This Stuff Matters, helping you make the most out of what matters most. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters, the podcast, at Now, Why don't we start the hour by saying hello to Chuck Oliver? Hey, Matt. Uh, Chuck. Can I ask you a question? I wish you would. Do you love me? Sure I do. I'm trying to be, like, sexy, cool. You still you pull it off. Love you. I love you, too. Now, when somebody says "love you" or "I love you," is there a distinction? Because "I love you" I think means more than just "I love you." Love you, dog. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's, there's a clear line. Camaraderie,
3: sort of, some, yeah.
2: Yeah. Now the weather is better for the Braves today. They're down in Clearwater against the Phillies. Once again, I will give you a score because they keep scores. So I don't know why it matters, but they're down seven to four. They keep a score to let you know when the game is over. I could set a two-hour time limit. We could all leave. They're down seven to four in the seventh inning. To the Phillies, they just can't beat the Phillies. In March or in October, can't do it. All right, here are the things you need to know from today. A.J. smith Sharver, A.J. got the start for the Braves, went two innings, gave up four hits, three earned. He struck out three. He gave up a couple of long balls today. Here's the interesting one. Ken Giles, who is the uh, minor league free agent signee, at one point was a dominant closer. His first outing of the spring today, he pitched an inning, struck out all three batters he faced, and I think it was Castellanos and Harper among them.
3: Okay. so He's had a live arm. That's something. Different sort of guy. I don't know what kind of perspective
2: you get that's different later in your career, but Mm -hmm. maybe he has. He's just been a different sort of fellow. I don't know how the rest of the spring is going to go for him. But it seems to me the Braves seem to find one of these guys he's, somewhere. He, he,
3: when they signed him, I was like, that's an interesting name because he's, he's been the guy before.
2: So he was hitting 94, 95 on the gun. But with movement, that's fine. It doesn't have to be the 100 it once was. It's a little different. Like Nick Anderson, who was the reclamation a year ago, he was 91, 92. Uh, but he was still getting outs. Maybe Ken Giles. It's a crowded house in the bullpen. He's really going to have to have a outstanding spring. But through one appearance, he's off to a heck of a start to turn heads spring, for the Braves spring training should be each team
3: gets 36 at bats and you divide it up into like four innings and you just bat nine
2: times and That'd then be got awesome. sure yeah so he struck out Harper Castellanos and Alec Boehm who still hasn't touched the plate so good job Ken Giles Michael Harris left the yard for a home run so you got that now AJ Smith Chauver will not be in the rotation to start the season unless something weird happens that we're not expecting Smith Schaffer started five games a year ago for the Braves, and he will start games again at some point this season. This is where I remind you how many different arms you need to get through a year. Charles, you want to take a guess of how many different Braves pitchers started a game a year ago? Eleven. Higher. Four to eighteen. Sixteen different Braves started a game with eleven different pitchers starting at least five. They won a hundred and like four games, and they had. If they had eleven pitchers start at least five games. That's, that's you're, crazy. The, 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 that's, the, the approach is wrong.
3: The approach is wrong. You got to move on. You got, you're not changing wrong. anybody's approach. I know I'm not. But the approach not. is wrong. You know what? <laughs> you're not the, changing. I, I said for years what you're doing in the bullpen. It's wrong. It's wrong. And Matt's like everybody does it until baseball said not anymore. than oh, who doesn't? Who changed? Major League Baseball said three hitters. Oh, no, baseball changed their the time, but Major they, League Baseball said. Nobody's doing it
2: anymore. But they, all, they still overwork their guys, and it's like rinse and repeat. It's the way we treat running backs is the yes. way we treat relievers. Uh, so if the rotation looks like this to start the season, Freed, Strider, Sale, Morton, do we flip a coin on Ronaldo Lopez or Bryce or on Bryce Elder? Like I think they're going to give Lopez every chance to be the fifth starter. So let's say Lopez. Seems legit even though I love him in the pen. I agree, but let's say he starts out as one of your starting in the in the five in the rotation. That means at some point you will also see Bryce Elder make starts up here, AJSS, Alan Winans, Darius Vines, Hurston Waldrop, Dylan Dodd, who knows, maybe Waskari Noah if he gets stretched out. That's 11 right there. And they might need to dip deeper than that. The difference in this year and last year is when you dip deeper, you don't have any more guys like Soroka who was going back and forth, right? Or um, Jared Schuster, Or you don't have... Uh, even Kyle Wright, who was supposed to be a part of the rotation, all of those guys are gone. What so.
3: Vines grows into, and then when the uh, Waldrop gets up, that's those are the two names on that entire list that interest me the most. I think and Wal- then Ian at some point, like, I don't know, I mean, a maybe. few months.
2: But I think Waldrop's the one you want to pay the most attention to. With And Schauver's got a huge upside, too. Uh, best wishes to uh, Snit. Missed the last couple of games with a tummy bug. Walt Weiss has had to manage the club, so uh, hopefully Snit back in the next day or two. All right, let's get to the Falcons, who uh, they created some more cap space yesterday by getting rid of uh, Jonu Smith. Jonu, who had a very good year for the Falcons, saved the Falcons about $6.5 bucks. So at last check, the birds are about $41 million under the cap, but they can create another 15 rather easily. Bye. Saying goodbye to Taylor Heineke, Mike Hughes, and Lorenzo Carter. That would get them to somewhere around $56 million under. And then if they want to create more, they could mess with some contracts. I bring that up because they can be players in whatever they want in the free agent market. And I know everybody's focused on quarterback and understandably so. As the days go forward, I just have a hard time believing they're going to be able to convince Cousins to leave Minnesota.
3: It's going to be tough. I agree, and I thought all along it would be a financial premium that to put
2: on that. Um, they can he, money whip him. That's, maybe that's the way yeah. because he's got a better situation there. He's familiar with the coach. He's got the best receiver he's in the got game. Two of the best receiver. Yeah. You know. I mean, they're they're his and Jordan
3: Addison pretty damn good.
2: Whether people believe this or not, it sounds like Kirk is cool with the fact that his family's entrenched there. They've yep. been there six years, the kids are in school. And he's got a tight end that produces. He does. I think it's it would take a lot. And I don't just mean money. It would take one heck of a sales job from Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson to get him out of Minnesota. So then you start pivoting to what else are you going to spend it on? Well, if you go another way, let's say they pull off the trade for Fields. Or they sign one of these other free agent quarterbacks not named Baker Mayfield. You know they're not going to spend a ton on quarterbacks, so then you can really give you this cash up and go a bunch of different ways. And I'll use the term money whip again. You can do that to whoever you think the best corner might be or if you want to trade for Lajarius Sneed in that vein or if you want to find the pass and rusher. who's the quarterback under that scenario again? I don't know. If it's not – I said anybody not named Baker, they're not going to pay a ton. They I do the quarterback
3: is. They got the most –
2: Mm, they might have got the most impactful
3: defensive back on the free agent market last year and you usually don't throw safeties in. you usually separate them because they're not as impactful as corners Bates was great oh, he's awesome like there were a couple of games you may have won should have been all pro um because of him yep so that was great and Caden Ellis tough good. man just just solid Onya, in the middle it oh, was great good. didn't matter none of it
2: mattered none of it mattered quarterback so it mattered. It didn't matter enough, right? It didn't matter where the quarterback's mistakes couldn't – you couldn't overcome them, right? You couldn't do some of those things. But, like, we do this every day. Who's the quarterback? I have no idea. They don't know. They don't control any of what happens here, and that's the tough part. When you pick one, you control stuff. Even if you pick two or three, you control stuff. When you pick eight, you're at everybody else's um, – I don't know. You're, you're just sitting back waiting for them to make moves, because you don't control that. Same thing with the free agent market. Because other teams are going to structure a deal different or a trade market. They have no clue. Raheem said over and over yesterday, "We have all these different plans because we know we can't control which way the the process is going to go." With that in mind, how about some Falcon rumors?
3: Boy, I've been waiting all day. Kept looking at my watch. Is it time for rumors yet? 2.30, not rumors.
2: Gosh. Colin, how do we get Chuck not to talk over the production? Can you work with him on that? We don't talk over production. H- who's singing those lyrics there? What's that matter?
3: Uh, somebody's bleeding over Bananarama. That's our production. And that's production. We
2: don't talk over production. There's, those are the six eighty of the fan singers. Correct. That's a choir. Chuck, what's your deal today, dude? Fair question. It really is. Uh, this came from NBC Chicago. The Falcons are emerging as the number one trade option for Justin Fields and have contacted the Bears about Justin, a source told NBC Sports Chicago. Now, those two things are just legitimately funny to put together that I believe the Falcons have contacted the Bears. Yes. How would you know they're emerging as the number one trade option? How, what's the ranking look like? The, what, what makes them uh,
3: one? The only way that's possible
2: is if no other team has contacted the Bears, that would make them the only candidate, and right. they
3: would be the leading. How would you? That's the only way that's possible
2: that you would know that. There's no leader. And I don't, yeah, right. I, ding, ding, ding. It's, just, it's the funniest thing ever that everybody's reporting. Falcons are the number one trade option. Says who? It should mention odds for the Justin Fields chase, and the next team to uh, acquire him have been removed from a lot of major sports books. Which had everybody guessing something could be close. Did you guys see this video of Justin jumping up and down in his kitchen? So everybody applied that. There was some voice in the background that people think said, ready to go home. Did they have a granite? Was it quartz? No, nah, it was like, a rather a, understated kitchen. Oh, but like backsplash? You no. Know? really. You know what it looked like? It looked like a condo. Oh. Yeah, it was not like some fat kitchen where you're like, it was... The Sub-Zero? No. Written. Oh, wow. I mean, you have to see the videos. Okay, all right. So, so he's living
3: like in an executive apartment.
2: It, it felt like that anyway. There you go. There's Falcon Rumors. Uh, all right. So let me play you a little Raheem Morris. He made his rounds yesterday at the uh, Combine. Raheem sat down with John, uh, Jonathan Jones from CBS, and he wanted to talk about his excitement level. Around Zach Robinson, hiring him as his OC, and here's what he said: "I want to go
4: get the best fit for your people. You want to go get the best fit for your coaches. You want to go get the best fit for our city. And I know you're going to jump all over this best fit for the city thing. I can see the excitement. Well, I mean, you said it. Face, you said it because I, said it. I mean, help me understand why, why is that important? That is certainly important. You know, we're talking about our fan base. We're talking about um, the people that we're involved with, everything that we do. You're talking about the people that's really important to us. We're talking about the support that we got to gain from those guys in the fan base."
2: Okay, that's the wrong cut there. That's okay. That happens. So that was uh, Raheem talking about how the fit has to be right for the city, for the quarterback, which Jonathan Jones in the middle of it was like, what? Because I was trying to understand what Raheem meant by that. He continued, right? He continued talking about why – the quarterback had to fit the city, and here's what he said.
4: You know how that's going to play out, best fit for the city, right? You know, like people going to read into those words, whatever, yep. however they do those things, and you can't stop that. Yep. You know, obviously there's people that are from Atlanta. There's people that are from around Atlanta. Um, you can name the mileage of how close some of the people are, but, you know, you got to do what's best and what's right for your team at the right time. All right, so the question is, what did Raheem mean and what was Jonathan Jones intimating?
3: You guys know. I'll Go give on. you an example. I'll give you an example right now of a franchise making a decision, a huge one based on fit for the city. They had Luca, they traded him for Trey. Everybody Mm -hmm. said Luca's a better player, Trey's a bigger star, Atlanta needs a bigger star, not the better player.
2: It's just weird, though, because Matt Ryan then didn't fit the city. Yeah. Whatever that means. Why guy, why guy. Correct. I mean, that's, like, Raheem saying that struck me as very odd. And then Jonathan Jones picked up on it right away and is like, what? You know that's going to be perceived the way we're perceiving it. So I, I, I they could be right, but odd. That's the only way I it is odd to maybe, to care what the city's response would be to the quarterback. I'm it's not, a nice bonus, but yes. it's not why I would make a move. Maybe I'm, um,
3: maybe I've been here too long. I don't know. Like I grew up with Maynard as mayor. I wrote Martha, uh, Ma- Mayor and Jackson. Be, it's mayor, not a mayor, big deal. Mayor Jackson. He's Maynard. Uh, oh, wow, you he are fought, disrespectful. He fought Muhammad Ali one
2: time. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, I just... You'll call Coach Saban coach, but you'll call Mayor Jackson Maynard. You have a lot of nerves. That was an elected thing. I mean, come on. Yeah. Here is uh, one more from Raheem where he is talking about his excitement over Zach Robinson.
4: I was really fired up to get him because of some of the, the motion stuff that he'll apply, some of the pressure that he'll apply people with timing and rhythm and tempo and having... What do you the mean motion? To, you know, just the motion that we're able to do, our flight motions, our, our, our very quick motions to move people to detach coverage, to get all those things and indicators. You know, I really love the fact that He'll bring an essence of that to us. He'll bring uh, creativity to our offense. He'll bring the timing and the rhythm and all the things that you love about how offense is played.
2: You hear the excitement there from Raheem Morris and Zach. You know why? Zach attack. I mean, that's the offense. When you run the Zach attack offense, that's a lot of motion. That's a lot of eye candy. It's a lot of misdirection. The Zach attack offense will be on display this fall with Mercedes-Benz. You're welcome. Picture this, Chuck, when Drake London goes up Makes a 62 yard grab in the end zone, and then his teammates mob him, and they're dancing in the end zone.
3: You think Zach Robinson is in the right age window for this? Oh yeah, Zach's in his 30s. He was
2: a Saved by the Bell fan, absolutely. Well, Fun. now you don't know that. You know if he's in his 30s, you don't know if he was a Saved by the Bell fan. All right, let's get Zach Robinson on and ask him if he watched Saved by the Bell. It's on file. All right, I'm <laughs> with tweeting. The rest of maybe are... tweeting. <laughs> Will somebody who asked Zach Robinson if he was a fan, or like the one day that the coordinators are allowed to speak? Oh, better yet, Zach. If you know Zach Robinson, you get him to make a video. Yes. So Friday begins the Chuck and Chernoff Cameo Contest. We're blatantly stealing the whole idea that Cameo does where you can have somebody leave you a message and pay them 20 bucks. But here's the deal. Starting Friday, if you have somebody famous-ish, somebody recognizable, all you have to do is reach out to them. Say, hey, send me a quick video. They don't just send it to us. They send it to you. And Bobcat Goldthwait sends you a video. Hey, here you go. Here's the video for Matt and Chuck's cameo contest then you'll just upload it to any of our social media channels and the best one at the end of the month is going to win one hell of a prize package and here's the start of the prize package so we've got braves opening day tickets for you wowzers we've got uh dinner we'll take care of for you in the battery before the game You'll throw out a ceremonial first pitch in our studio to Chuck and Chernoff, not on the field to the Braves, but you'll throw out a first pitch here to us in our studio with more to be added as the days move forward to the package.
3: Okay, the throw out the first pitch that started with some, a lot of steam there mm-hmm. to Matt and Chuck, that fell off, but then you said more to be added. Yeah, so back in picked more to the up package. again at the end. So that was good.
2: My understanding is sales is working on adding even more. But it's going to be good stuff. I can't wait. It's a very exciting nope, time. Nope. So whoever you know, right? If you know Emmanuel Lewis or Kirby Smart, you have them send you a 15, 20-second video just saying, hey, enter me into the contest to win Chuck and Chernoff's cameo. You send it to us, you have a chance to win. It's just that easy. Oh, and one more note, you're a halfway to being right on the Hawks. Yes, I am. They, they are, are now 2-0 out of the first four. Clearly better without Trey Young. It's pretty obvious. Duh. They won oh 124 show. to 97 last night over the Jazz. I think somebody said that on Oh, show. No, it's, it's happening on social media. It's happening. People are dumb. Station. And I love people. People are dumb. Oh, show. The Hawks led 12-0 last night to start the game. Never looked back. My guy, Jalen Johnson, is just a joy to watch. He really Play is. Play center. He does everything. He ran point at times. 22 points, 13 boards, 6 assists. He was good. Maybe the uh, DeAndre Hunter off the bench thing is just a place for him. 20 off the bench. Uh, Bogey had 19, Dejounte had 17 and 11, so it was good to see that. And uh, the Rook, Kobe Buff can get a little run last night in the uh, rotation. Played 21 minutes, looked really good. So all that. Can we? Do we have time here, real quick? Let me circle back. I told you the Braves are one month away from opening day, which means you know what happens a month from today. Chris Domino joins us <gasps> for 680 game day. Oh, hardball! Quick. Oh, yeah, pop quiz, all of it. 680 game day will be a part of the proceedings here. And what happens is we go into the regular season without any spring training ourselves, so we're a little rusty. So we figured one month to go, let's give ourselves a little practice, a little spring training for game day. Let's go over a lineup. Does that mean I need to find the open? Yeah, you probably do. I thought that. See, this is why we need spring training. Oh. there's Yeah, there's an open. Did Hoyt mislabel it? In this, the no, it's
3: somewhere. This would be so embarrassing if it really were opening day.
2: This is why we have like spring if the training. the bunting, we're in
3: the office, Correct. and yeah. All
2: right, so we're not going to do it now. Is that the sense? Right. It's time for
1: tonight's starting lineups. Outstanding. Presented by Marco's Pizza, getting unlimited medium one-topping pizzas for just six I'll ninety-nine each is a great deal. Yesterday, no matter how you slice it. Order at marcos.com today. Marco's Pizza lovers, get it. You talked over with production again. We don't enough Marco's yes, to be a fair. Sponsor. That was that was a good talk because we don't know. If, yeah, we yeah. might have just given Marco's
2: a free one. Uh, so your starting lineup today for the Braves, Chuck? You ready? Michael Harris, the second, leading off in center field. Oh, yeah. Luis Guillorme is playing short and batting second. Oh, my Lord. Jared Kelnick is batting third in left field. He sort of had a Forrest Gump type life. I can see that. Jordan Luplo is in right field hitting cleanup. <laughs> what? The great Eli White is batting fifth. He's de-aging. boogada, boogada, boogada. Chadwick Tromp is behind the plate batting sixth. Chad did the hokey pokey, and he shook it all about. Chuck talked over to the production again. Uh, Philip, who's Philip Evans? He's playing first and batting seventh. Yeah, James in Florida, son. Luke Williams is the third baseman. He's batting eighth. He ain't got a lot of meat on that bone either. And Alejo Lopez is batting ninth. He's the second baseman. Oh boy! So again, it's Harris, Giorme, Kelnick, Lupla, White, Tromp, Evans, Williams, Lopez, with AJ Smith Shaver who got the start. How do we do? Hee haw! A month ago, before it begins for real, let's get our winging an idea. All right, Worst Idea time. We're just giving out freebies today to all the sponsors. Uh, worst Idea answers will come to the Harris, Cherokee Casino's Twitter feed. We mentioned Zion Williams, according to Stephen A. Hyde's food. <laughs> from the Pelicans. Whatever he's eating, he's hiding it. So what What food is good enough for you to hide from other people? He's like, fat! It's just for you. I'm going to go with one here. You ever had the crumble cookies? You go out and have a crumble? Oh, the four-packed along long. Oh. Mm. Now, it's hard to hide that big funny, old box, hush. but you know what I've done? I've left it in the car. I don't want to share it with my kids. Crumble, and they're not open
3: Sundays. And either. you just eat them over the course of a week. You can just reach back there, have like half a cookie. Doesn't usually take a
2: week. I wish Crumble, again, another, they're like, they're Chick-fil-A-ing it. They're closed on Sunday. Kind of a bummer. What, what food's good enough for you to hide? Little Debbie's. Mm-hmm.
3: Top shelf, like behind stuff. Oh, it's a classic. Because they're each individually wrapped, mm-hmm. and so you are under no time pressure. Oh. You can wait out the guest in the house or the kids or whoever.
2: No, I will do that though. I'll hide stuff on a shelf I know the kids won't look. Oatmeal cream pie, Swiss cake rolls. Underrated right-
3: the banana cream rolls,
2: the you yeah. know. Lot of right answers. D T, what you got? Oreos. Huh. Classic, huh? Just hold you hide the Oreo. Double stuffed or just traditional? Uh, either way, is fine. But yeah, double stuff for the win. Sure. Uh, Brian Gephardt, producer of the program. Those Lindor truffles. Oh, a good truffle. Yeah, a couple different flavors. there. Underrated. They're good. fancy boy, oh, strong, and the packaging is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin Madden, hot and spicy Cheez-Its. Yummy! I'll eat the whole box and. Yummy. Seconds. But you hide them from somebody else. I sure hide them for myself because I get <laughs> really <laughs> fat if I don't. So, eat so them. what's the food good enough for you to hide? You'll send that to the Harris Cherokee Casinos Twitter feed. Our agent to the stars. Hadley Engelhart's coming up in less than ten minutes. I'm going to ask him about uh, all the changes to the combine there in Indianapolis, and we'll ask him about an uncomfortable conversation you have to have with a client in Indiana. Where is it? Indiana. That's exactly right. Coming up next, though, we're about to find out if the Falcons are good at quarterback poker. <laughs> Terry Fontenot's got a poker face. We're going to need to see it next
1: them
2: like they do in Texas, hey. Hold them. And Chuck and Chernoff are on the radio. We're also on our 680 The Fan mobile app. We're on the internet. 680thefan.com. We're on 630. Your sp- or 630, sure.
0: Steaming on the fan app.
2: We are steaming worldwide on the app. Also on your smart speaker. A lot of ways to consume the product. 93.7 on the FM. 680 on the Mighty AM. As we're with you till 6 o'clock, that's Chuck. He's over there. I'm Matt. I'm over here. You're the audience. You're over there. And we're all together until we part ways at 6. 680 Rewind follows with the best of the uh, day of programming. And I imagine it might include a little bit of Chipper Jones. Chipper was on for two hours with Nick and Chris today, which was awesome. You can listen to them 11 to 2 before they're on Buckster, 10 to 11. Buck Blue, the national champion. And then the locker room starts your mornings 6 to 10. The 3 o'clock hour of our show is presented by This Stuff Matters, helping you make the most out of what matters most. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters, the podcast at thisstuffmatters.net. Our super agent, Hadley Englehart, is five I've minutes said away. I've a weekly interview with one of my good friends, Hadley Englehart. I think the production talked over me that time. Hadley was just in Indy. He was there in Indianapolis, which is Chuck in Indiana.
3: Indiana?
2: Right. Indiana. We'll I'm talk right to him Indiana. about the goings on there in uh, Indy, the, the combine, all that good stuff coming up. But first, we're about to find out how good... Terry Fontenot is at poker. Because I'm starting to believe the Justin Fields market is not nearly as robust as some are wanting you to believe. And the team that wants you to believe it most is the Bears. And Chuck, maybe I'm leaving a team out here because I've gone through this exercise a couple of different times. As I try to look at the market, yes, I believe the Falcons are interested. They need a quarterback. I think the Raiders are interested. They need a quarterback. Now I'm going to go through the other teams that, quote, need a quarterback or are just not good. The Steelers, right? We've heard a lot about the Steelers. Who's the OC with the Steelers? Arthur. Now, Mike Tomlin can override what Arthur believes, but Arthur Smith passed up on Justin Fields three years ago in the draft because he obviously didn't feel like Justin was a fit for the offense he wanted to run. Now, Tomlin might say, Artie, you're going to do it my way, and we go get him, and that's a possibility. I don't believe they're ready to kick Kenny Pickett out the door this quickly. I just don't. This screams veteran quarterback goes into Pittsburgh to compete with Pickett under Arthur Smith's watch. So we move on from there. Tennessee. Tennessee Titans have Will Levis. They're not just going to give up on a second-round pick that quickly, who showed some stuff. He did. All right. Mostly
3: against us, but he did.
2: The Giants are paying Daniel Jones a pretty penny. In fact, a lot of pretty pennies. And there could be a lot of talk about them moving on from him. I don't think they're going to do it yet. His biggest transgression a year ago was getting hurt. Now, he wasn't good, but he got hurt. So I I don't think the Giants are ready to move on from Jones. So now you do Washington and New England, who also have the number two and number three pick in the draft. They can control their density on finding their next young quarterback who has five years of control instead of two the way Justin does. So Washington can just draft Drake May. New England could, in theory, just draft Jaden Daniels. So then maybe we go to teams like Minnesota. So if they, if they, they lose cousins and they need a guy, yeah, but if they lose cousins, there's a chance he's here. So then we wouldn't even be playing poker over Justin Fields, maybe Denver, but then Denver's got to figure out the money after they eat all the Russell Wilson dollars to then pay. Not just Justin's salary this year. They're going to pick up his fifth year. Next I year.
3: haven't seen a Justin in Denver scenario. Like, I mean, I Sean Payton's already ripping his hair out I know by not having a quarterback. I don't so, think he wants that headache. Rack
2: your brain. Who else am I forgetting around the league? Like, where's the market for Justin? To my point, if I'm Terry Fontenot... Not Fontaine, to be a starter. Well, then they're not acquiring Justin Fields to be yep. a backup. So my point is...
3: I mean, something like L.A. at some point, they need to have the next quarterback ready. Yeah, but not but it's not it
2: Justin now. Fields. No. If I'm now I'm offering a third-round pick. And that's a high third-round pick if I'm the Falcons. And I'm going to hold steady with it. And I'm going to wait to see what happens. And then I'm going to judge really what the offers are around the league. Because this notion that they were going to get a first for Justin was laughable. Just laughable. There were people putting that out there. I wanted to pull my hair out. With you, the idea they were going to give up a first anywhere to get two years of Justin Fields. Even the second round pick. Like, I don't know if you've seen what's going around the internet. Maybe the Sam Darnold deal that Carolina made. They gave up a second and fourth and a sixth. Nothing to do with this. Well, because one team made an idiotic deal doesn't mean uh-huh. another one has to. I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm holding firm on my third round pick. And I'm saying, you know you can't keep him because you got Caleb Williams coming. Give him to us.
3: And there also is the very real dynamic. We've talked about this. You have to decide immediately. Is he going to be expensive? Mm-hmm. And then if you if you do decide, uh, because th- like this is Nye, you've got to let him know by June, something, I think. I think it's May even. Okay, May, even sooner, uh, about the fifth year. Right. Even if you pick that up, that is somewhat more affordable. Then you have to really decide. So a third-round pick for somebody that you don't – if you have a good idea about it and you think he is going to play and he'll be the guy in 2024 – You absolutely make that deal. If you have hesitation about it, third-round picks, you can't spend another third-round pick on a
2: quarterback. You can't. This this speaks to desperation, though. Because you and I just 10 minutes ago said, well, if it's not Cousins, who is it? They're thinking the same. They cannot. They know. So there's going to be a young quarterback on this roster via the draft. But that guy will not start. They know if they want to compete in 24, they need some version of a veteran quarterback. And what they don't want is for the ones that they really think – can make them better to all slip away, and all of a sudden they're starting Jacoby Brissett, Gardner, Menchu, or Sam Darnold. Because then you're effed. You might be a little better than what you had, but not enough to to really matter. I'm just trying to figure out this market for Justin Fields, and I can't find it. The Bears have to create it to create leverage. The media has has bought it, I guess, with all these teams. I'm like, I don't know who these teams are. We'll see what materializes. Who knows? A deal could be made in the next days and the next week for Justin Fields and maybe I'll be dead wrong somebody gives up a first but I will laugh and mock that team was willing to give up that much
1: well you had me from hello he's an agent for the pros and now he's on
3: our show Matt wanted some production here we go it's you, Hadley,
2: from Hello. He's a wheeler. He's a dealer. He's an agent to the stars. Hadley Englehart, who was fresh off a trip to Indianapolis at the Combine, joins Chuck and Chernoff on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Were you shaking and baking and deal-making in Indy?
5: Always. It's a great time to be there. And it's it's. Uh, I left a little early because I have to head down to Florida, but uh, was there for a good 48 hours to accomplish some business, see some old colleagues and uh, talk some new and old business with some people.
2: So let's talk about the way the combine has really changed. And and maybe it's something that was going to happen forever, that the medicals become the most important for teams. The interviews become the next part. And I guess we don't care that you're not going to throw Drake may, and we don't care that Marvin Harrison, you're not going to run or do teams still get bothered that these players are not going through all the drills.
5: Well, first of all, I think the media has made it more known. You know, going back many, many years, a lot of players chose not to go through the full testing, whether it was throwing, whether it was running, whether it was lifting uh, and doing either at their pro day or at a later date. Um, but it's becoming more the norm. I mean, you said it's, you know, the combine first and foremost is about the physical uh, before any team is willing to invest, you know, hundreds of thousands or, or many millions of dollars They want to make sure that these uh, athletes are are physically capable and there's no uh, anything hidden, medically speaking. Uh, Interviews is second to get to know the guys. And then there'll be other interviews at later dates where they can spend more time because there's only a limited window when you're at the combine to meet with players. And then the last is the workouts. And uh, I think, you know, film speaks for itself. And uh, I think most of these teams, especially the highly rated players, are going to go to those universities, work those players out with their position coaches, and get any additional data they need in person. I
3: was seeing the results of a survey from the Players Association. Last year was the first year there were 1,300 respondents. Apparently word got around, hell yeah, guys, get your opinions out, 1,700 players this year. Interesting that the Chiefs ranked 32nd as far as ownership, caring, basically, about the players and investment. They were last in food cafeteria, 31st in nutrition, uh, dietitian, 31st in training room, 32nd in training staff. That surprised me. That's a Super Bowl franchise. I think you would overinvest. Um, give me the skinny. I have this idea that in the NFL, literally every facility, first class, the food, the training, the staff, everybody. That's obviously not the case.
5: That's definitely not the case. And first of all, Chuck, I w- I would trade in – being ranked 32 by the players and have a couple of Lombardi trophies yeah. in my uh, trophy case. Um, but it also but, says you know, the Cardinals
3: like, were charging players for meals. <laughs> the yeah, hell, Hadley? I, I
5: yeah, yeah. I, 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 I haven't seen that firsthand, but I can tell you that, yes, certain facilities are nicer. Uh, certain ways they treat players are better uh certain uh food is is more catered is more uh, personalized there's no doubt about just like a college university as well um but at the end of the day does it matter to players where they sign it doesn't matter (laughs) it doesn't matter i mean at the end of the day it comes down to how much money you're going to pay me what's my best opportunity to succeed win a bowl let's look at tax consequences but at the end of the day Ownership's involvement, liking the owner at the end of the day, you know, you know, all those different things may matter a little bit at the end if there's two teams that are tied. But it it's really comes down to a place where you can make the most money uh, and a chance to play and win. At the, and that's really what matters the most.
2: Hadley Anglehardt our agent to the stars, fresh off his uh, trip to the Combine with Chuck and Chernoff on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker Line. So what are the general conversations like at the Combine, separate of the draft? So that part I get, right? You're the agent. Talking to a team, you're getting to know the player. Free agency is right around the corner. The off season is split up into those two things, trade market, free agency, and certainly the draft. How in-depth are we getting with these convos about players and teams kind of setting the table for the hours before free agents begins?
5: Well, first of all, most of the conversations that the general managers and college personnel directors and pro personnel directors and chief negotiators have with agents really aren't about the draft prospects. There's plenty of time for that. This is the non-tampering, tampering tampering period where they're talking about re-signing current players, um, trying to get a feel for the market, uh, for other players that are out there that we may represent, so they have an idea of what one of their players may be. For example, if we have a tight end, that's a free agent. And so do they, where do I think the market's going to be? So they have an idea if they want to try to sign their own player. And then lastly, the, the quote unquote non tampering of where they're talking about players and, you know, that, that may be out there uh, come free agency and, and, you know, what the interest may be and, you know, you don't really talk numbers this early, but uh, you get a gauge of what the market's going to be like and who may be interested. But there's a lot of moving and shaking going on. It's an exciting time, and uh, it's fun to be part of, no doubt about it.
2: Russell Wilson did an interview that uh, aired earlier in the week, Cadley, where he said the Broncos threatened to to bench him if he didn't waive his injury guarantee. He stated it over and over again. Eventually he got the uh, NFL PA, his agent got them involved, they said to the Broncos, you can't do this. Sean Payton just pretended like it didn't happen, and they started him on a Monday night. So when you hear a player say that, is that surprising to you? Does that happen more than we think? And Russell's just making it public, or are you shocked when you hear something like that?
5: Yeah, I'm not really sure. Obviously, we don't know exactly what was said and what happened. Um, I don't think it benefits anybody, especially Russell, to go public with that. Um, I mean, listen, he is very handsomely paid, and uh, but I'm never shocked with anything that the NFL does. I mean, there's – A lot of collusion going on, I believe, with NFL teams. And I think that, you know, they really only care about themselves. They claim to care about the players, but they only care about them when they can help them. And then the moment they can't, they move on from them. And so, but at the same time, players have to be smart on what they say to the media. Too many of them want to either go on their own social media or go on other national media outlets to voice their opinion or dislike or disdain for certain things. At the end of the day, I, I think you keep that dirty laundry in-house, and I think you, you do what you've got to do and, you know, let the market bear itself.
3: I say that the Jets have, and this happens uh, from time to time, the Jets have given Zach Wilson's agent to go-ahead, seek a trade Um Is this just like a sponsored link on Google? I mean, is it a way to get your client or the player that you're trying to trade into the news? Because is there really any NFL team that is going to be alerted by an agent that a guy, hey, he really is available? Or does that actually happen?
5: It it happens in a lot of cases, believe it or not, Chuck. Uh, You know, a lot of teams don't want to get caught with, you know, uh, talking about a player who's currently under contract. So all they want is to make sure that you have the appropriate permission to seek a trade, and at that point, at least you can have that dialogue. Uh, We had that years ago uh, when Hayden Hurst was with the Ravens and they gave us permission. All we did was put them in touch at the time with Thomas Dimitrov and then let Eric Acosta and Thomas Dimitrov work the trade numbers and the parameters out. But it let us, again, at the Combine, at least have dialogue with teams to find out, hey, if he is available and we can come up with a trade, And we need to restructure the contract, something that we have control of, we work with. Are we willing to do this? Are we willing to do an extension? All those things. And that really goes to, you know, like a Justin Fields. I know you guys, we've talked about it ourselves, and I hear everyone talk about it ad nauseum about, you know, trading for Justin Fields. And everyone just focuses on the compensation a team's going to give. And by the way, Matt, I agree with you. I don't think any team at this stage is going to give the Bears a first rounder. If they do, God bless them. (laughs) Um, But the bigger issue is, all right, now that you've traded for Justin Fields, what are you going to do? Are you going to exercise the fifth-year option without him ever stepping on campus? Uh, And if so, now you've guaranteed $25 million in 2025. Uh, Then you may have to franchise him if he plays well. You know what happens. So you're taking a big risk in that. And so uh, there's a lot of nuances that go on at these meetings. And, and when you're allowed to seek a trade, it really gives you the opportunity just to kind of gauge the market and help the existing team gauge the market as well.
2: Hadley, we asked you about uh, Scott Boris's clients. Maybe it was last week that still a bunch of big names are unsigned. And maybe that's the league saying to Boris, we're not giving into your demands. You played hardball and whatever. But I'm looking at the total contracts that were signed right the biggest free agent deals and it's been a very odd baseball offseason that we only have three contracts that earned more than a hundred million dollars in total compensation this offseason in baseball two of them had a lot of the money deferred we only have three deals that got more than five years in the total deals are we seeing a pivot in major league baseball where the teams themselves have sort of backed off just the years the total money and they're kind of being a little bit more i don't know Savvy about how they go about the free agent market. (laughs) I think they're being more frugal, but no, I really think
5: what it is, is I don't think this is, is, is a uh, a trend. I think what you're seeing, the trend that you're seeing is you're having teams and the Braves have been great at this is they are signing their current players to extensions before they have to. So therefore the quote unquote top free agents that may be out there that get these long-term lucrative deals aren't out there. And so you've got guys that are that are great players that are that are stars, but either came off a bad year or, you know, had a good year last year. But the prior years weren't that super. Uh, But, you know, I don't think there's anything abnormal about this year. I mean, listen, last year of the top 10 free agents, I don't think any of them signed in February or March Um, this year of the top 10 free agents. Only one is signed in January. Um, So I, I think there there there's. You know, uh, a lot to be determined that's out there. But I do think the trend, if you want to call it that, is to sign your own way before they reach arbitration to these multi-year deals to keep them off the market. And those guys are the ones that uh, you'd be reading about today if they weren't kept off the market back then.
2: Hadley, real quick before we go, uh, I said a couple of days ago if I was Trey Young and his agent, I think the time is to ask out now. I'm looking at the future of the Hawks. I don't see them building around improperly. I would say I need to be in a place where I can potentially challenge for championships. Have you ever had that conversation? Does the agent have that convo with the player? Is that something the player brings to the agent? What does that whole dialogue look like?
5: First of all, it's ongoing dialogue. Um, You know, the first thing every player wants to discuss is, you know, how do I maximize my earning potential? Then the second phase is now that I've gotten that, now if I can control my destiny and go to teams to help me win – that's what I want to do. Obviously, Trey and, and any other players have missed the trade deadline early this month. Um, so you're, now you're talking about something in the off season, and uh, you know, can he dictate? Does he go to a, a, a championship caliber team? Again, it takes not just two teams sometimes, but several teams to tango in a trade because you've got to make sure it's a win-win situation for all teams. Uh, do I think the Hawks can move on from Trey Young this off season? Absolutely. I think they, they, they realize that he is not the focal point to win a championship. Could they make the playing game this year? Sure, but they've definitely underachieved as a franchise. And I think that uh, if they're going to move in the right direction, which I hope they do, uh, trading Trey Young in the offseason could be the right step for the
2: franchise. Hadley dropping bombs as he usually does. Hadley, it's a pleasure. As always, my friend, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, guys. Our agent to the stars, Hadley Englehart on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker line. All right, coming up, there's a term we haven't used very much in Braves Country. Handful of junk. That would be one of them. But that's not the one I'm referring to. No, this is a term we haven't used a lot at all in Braves Country, but it could be a major advantage this season. We'll tell you about it next. Let's get it now. Chuck and Chernoff are on the radio. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can listen on the FM side of the world at 93.7. We are still AMing it, although the weather's a little wonky today, so you might have to battle through some more static at 680. No static to be had at the 680, the fan mobile app. I will remind you, and I'll try my best as the week moves along. Chuck and Chernoff's cameo contest begins Friday and will run through the entire month of March. The whole spiel is simple. You go through your phone, you go through your wife's phone, you find the most famous person you know. Don't go through your wife's phone. Well, tell her it's for good reason. And you have them send you a quick 15, 20, 30-second video, hey, enter me into Matt and Chuck's cameo contest. Don't
3: look at the deleted pics.
2: If you know Kid Rock, you know The Rock, Rocky Balboa, whomever, you have them send you a cameo, 15, 20, 30 seconds, and you'll be in to win. Now, the prize package has started. We have a lot to add to it, but Braves opening day tickets Dinner here in the battery before the game, and you'll throw out the ceremonial first pitch inside our studio to Chuck and Chernoff. Not on the field, not at the game. We don't have that kind of clout, but you'll throw us a first pitch. But more to be added to the prize package in the days to come. It starts Friday. We'll have all the details up at our social media channels. You'll just get the video from the celeb and you'll upload it. Simple enough. uh Chuck, did you know starting March 1st, the Caesar Sportsbook app launches in North Carolina? Yeah, Matt. Well, the folks at Harris Cherokee are partners want you to know you'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports with the Caesars Sportsbook app. No need to wait to sign up. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app. Pre-register so when you cross the state line in North Carolina, right when your car crosses over, boom, you're ready. There the it app. is. You can make that wager legally with our friends from Harris Cherokee in the Caesars Sportsbook there in North Carolina. Simple enough. All right, so there is a um, there is a term we haven't used very much in Braves country that might turn out to be a major advantage for the Braves this season.
3: Yeah, it really may. Um, Tandem starters, uh, Morton and Sale. Are we we piggybacking? Uh, Much to discuss about at some point in the season, and certainly in October, you get down to a three-man rotation. And at least this, in theory, and I see reality as well, Matt, Mm. it provides a full day's rest for everybody in the pen, et cetera, beginning about mid-August, maybe late August. It depends on the lead. Yes, I'm talking about the Braves. It just depends on how big the lead is at the end of August. I think you start getting Morton and Sale used to this because the idea that Morton is one of these guys who go to the bullpen, and we all go to Charlie Morton because he did it in 2017. Um, You don't need four starters. You don't need five starters. Injuries, who knows? If you have an extra guy, Mm -hmm. if you're healthy, if, 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 you're talking about two guys that are pretty close to five, six innings maybe, they throw a bunch of pitches, you could get one really outstanding start from the two of these guys in a trip around the rotation. Not a bad idea. Plus, honestly, somebody has to pitch four, somebody has to pitch five in a complete, I mean, in a perfect world. If the starter's rolling, let him stretch it out maybe, but it also gives you the opportunity one time through the uh, order, you can kind of screw over the other manager and bring in the righty. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really can. So... It's just something to think about in advance, which is what Snicker and everybody else supposed to be doing in Florida right now. Look at you.
2: February, about what do th- we do in August
3: and September? You're thinking about September and February. Tandem starters. Interesting.
2: Uh, the schedule has to work out, and it did this year. Sadly, the Braves didn't take advantage of it. Remember, they had the days off built into the right. NLDS where they could only start three guys. A lot of times, though, you have to start four even in the division series, though, because you don't get that extra day. So I don't know. It depends, again, how the schedule lays itself out. In the CS, you need four starters. Certainly in the World Series, you probably do too. But what you're saying is not off the table. Like in a key spot, we've seen baseball. This has happened now for I mean, more than a decade where the starting pitcher has gone to the bullpen and go get the and, final five outs, Charlie Morton, or go get outs, Pedro Martinez until you can't get him and then stay in the game and, and you know, bridge the gap until we get to our high leverage guys. Sure. That's always been a thing. If this
3: is, but the idea, if you don't know tandem starters, it's kind of a like, We have nine innings, and we think these two starting pitchers are going to get us the nine innings. Now, if you have a close situation, obviously you use your bullpen, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But the idea is the potential is there to give all eight of your bullpen arms. They all get a day off. There's a chance. Mm -hmm. So pitch count would not be an issue. And so some teams have done it. It's rare. The Astros did this for a while. The Rangers thought about it. The Diamondbacks have done it some. But tandem starts where you have two starting pitchers, and you say, you two together get us nine.
2: Maybe. I, I think part of what the Braves' plan at times might be is an extra guy in the rotation. They're going to give six days at times to Chris Sale. They're going to give six days at times to Charlie out. Morton. I mean, you got Morton who's 40 and Sale who hasn't been healthy in three years. Yeah, I went back and looked at uh, the Red Sox, how they used Sale in the final two months. He had a lot of times where he had five days off between starts. So he would make his start every sixth day. And that's kind of what I'm saying, to have the extra arm in the rotation every once in a while. Now, I know pitchers don't love that. It throws them off their routine. But it is the like juggling act of 34-year-old banged-up Chris Sale, 40-year-old Charlie Morton. Even with Max and Spencer, you're going to want at times just to give them a little bit of a break. So I think all things are in play. That's why having as much depth as possible to say hello to Darius Vines on a Tuesday to give a guy you know, an extra day or a turnoff in the rotation, it's all in play. Yeah, I think that's all there. Now, the Braves are uh, in action with the Phillies right now. They're 7-7 in the ninth inning. They're about to call it. Do we even do extra innings? In, in, I saw the, uh, the uh, uh, Phillies manager just give up the nine. He did. Okay, I was going to say, we're not playing extra innings. In, is that yeah. uncle? So we tie. No That's extras. 7-7. Seven, seven. That's essentially where this would go. So did, is it officially a tie? All right. So that, that, that still remains the funniest thing ever. So I saw a screenshot I wanted to share with you. Yeah, we got our work in. We're good. That's exactly right. So the Braves, you know, have the the street going of NLE's championships again. This is the second time they've had a very long streak of divisional championships. The Braves have been in the NL East since 1994, right? Divisional alignment began in 94. Yes,
3: and that was when the Expos got screwed.
2: The Braves have 18 NL East championships.
3: They did not have many division championships before that,
2: but now they do, yes. In in the NL West, they had 69, 82, and then 91, 92, 93. Until they changed, yeah. But they've only been in the NL East since... Nineteen ninety four. They have eighteen division championships. The Phillies are the next closest with eleven. That's legit funny.
3: That is. The Phillies have been in the East. What's that work out to? Sixty percent for the Braves. Forty percent for the other teams combined.
2: That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, stinking Mets. Uh, ah, Mets. So the Mets have six. Nah. How do you only have six division championships? We burp up six they're division a, championships. They're
3: a- they're a bad franchise. They've been in business for 60-something years. They have Six
2: divisions. So this is when Levitard made fun of the Hawks for their division titles. like no, can make them. fun of the Mets for a lambing although they were the 2022 East first champions.
3: I told you, the- East is o- over. Yep. Six-plus decades, they have two World Series. One of them was a miracle, and the other one was Mookie Wilson.
2: Ha-ha. A lot of misery in between. All right, coming up next, a Kardashian decided she wanted a sequel to this book. What's the last book that you read? Uh, Facebook. Good call. Thank you. And someone is taking a note out of the Manti Teo Love Life book. We'll give you all that and more. We're
0: going to spill some tea next. family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit jimellis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the
1: and save and win. This is a 680 The Fan Podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into
0: 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app.